This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and today on the program on The Voice of the Shepherd, we'll talk about the voice of the church and sharing our story as Catholics. Archbishop, as we begin today, would you please lead us in prayer? Absolutely, as always. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you sent your Son Jesus into the world to reconcile us to you to bring salvation to all. He came, Lord, and asked us to proclaim the good news, the gospel, this good news of your love poured out in your Son, Jesus. As we search for and use the various means of communication in our time, help us to be effective in spreading this good news, this great tidings of great joy of your love and mercy for the world. Be with us during this radio broadcast and be with us in our lips and in the ears of our listeners so that you may speak a word to them that will encourage them and give them hope and fill them with love and faith. All of this we ask through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. I wanted to have you talk a little bit about uh, the decision that just came out about our beautiful Sentinel yeah. newspaper, 152 years. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe it's not providential or providential in that we had just had a, the Catholic press come to Portland, Oregon, hosted by the Archdiocese to really celebrate the work of many different journalists right. and in the media and how the church continues to share her message. In in the old days, so to speak, I mean, we shared through oral tradition, right, telling right. stories. There wasn't a written newspaper. There mm-hmm. wasn't a, a blog or a website, <laughs> but there was telling the story from generation to generation. And today we have so much challenge. But give us a little sense. I know it's a difficult decision, oh. but yet we have to make these prudent decisions God entrusts us uh, with with a way to care for the resources that right, we have and right. to be responsible, and you as our shepherd, also to make those very difficult um, but very prudent decisions. Yes, it was, it was an extremely painful uh, and difficult decision that really the decision to have to discontinue uh, the Sentinel newspaper and El Sentinela, the, the Spanish language version, came after, I, I wouldn't even say months, but probably a number of years mm-hmm. Of, of hard thinking and praying and deliberation and investigation. Um, and quite honestly, during the, during the recent uh, Catholic Media Association meeting here in Portland, and I was there at, at one of the luncheons, it was very hard for me to be there 
because I knew what the decision was going to be announced soon, and I knew it was going to come as a, such a great disappointment to so many. And, and, and that's the, the, the first thing. I, I just want to say to all of our listeners who have uh, a great affection for and who regularly read and, and, and benefit from uh, this great Catholic newspaper that has such a rich heritage, I just want you to know how sorry I am. Uh, I guess just start out there. I'm just so sorry uh, that we have to, to discontinue this. And really, quite honestly, it, it, it just comes down to a, manage, uh, a, a matter of not being able to afford this mm-hmm. anymore, this means of communication, to put it that way. You know, just to, to be a little bit clear, because I think a lot of people don't understand the, the unique kind of relationship with the Sentinel. Right. The Sentinel is actually owned by Oregon Catholic Press. Mm-hmm. So OCP, which we all know from the the missile publishers Mm -hmm. of of our music materials and our missiles in our churches, um, they actually own the Sentinel, even though the Sentinel is is sort of marketed as the official newspaper, Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of Portland. Uh, So it's this interesting cooperative relationship that the Archdiocese has with Oregon Catholic Press in the, the, the management uh, of the Sentinel. But uh, it's just gotten to the point now where the Sentinel, in order to keep the Sentinel and El Sentinela going, took a huge subsidy, financial subsidy, from both Oregon Catholic Press and the Archdiocese of Portland that, quite honestly, my dear people, we just simply can't afford it anymore. It's literally, I don't want to give all the, 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 the gory details, but it's literally hundreds of thousands of dollars every year that OCP and the Archdiocese have been having to to dedicate uh, toward uh, the, 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 the keeping uh, the Sentinel going. It simply can't, it, it, it could not support itself on, on subscriptions and on, on, on paid uh, use, if you will, of the newspaper. And it's very sad because it's a fine newspaper. And I don't want anybody to think that this decision is made out of any dissatisfaction with the Sentinel. Um, you know, it's a great publication. It's got an incredible history, mm-hmm. uh, the, the history. And we'll do a lot of great tributes to it in the, in the Sentinel to tell its story and its history. It's, it, the heritage and the history of, of the Sentinel is amazing. And it's, it's just such a sad day for all of us. But, you know, through the pandemic especially, I think what this was already already kind of a question right. on the radar that was sort of out there that we just kind of kept avoiding mm-hmm. having to face this, this challenge. But with COVID, it really it really was sort of brought to a, to a head because, you know, Oregon Catholic Press during the days of the shutdown of the churches, but even after the churches were opened again, you know, a lot of parishes, they were not using resources right. in the pews because of the fear of contact uh, as a transmitter of disease. And so a lot of parishes, you know, at least temporarily uh, canceled their subscriptions to the, to the materials of OCP. Um, some of them not, have not yet fully recovered. So OC, OCP took a tremendous financial hit during, during the pandemic. I mean, I'm on the board of uh, Oregon Catholic Press. I'm the chair of the board, actually. We took a, a, a mm-hmm. huge financial hit during the pandemic. The archdiocesan finances have been also severely affected by the pandemic and other factors in the economy right now. The stock market is down and we do rely on some investment income. Our assessment of parishes is down because it's based on the parish income and their income is down. I I don't think many people realize that Oregon Catholic Press also gives a very large grant to the Archdiocese of Portland every year, a huge grant. Well, because of their uh, sales being down, that a grant, a very generous grant that, quite honestly, is is so greatly appreciated by OCP. I mean, by the archdiocese. Uh, you know, is down some, 
and we're not we're not meeting our goal for the Archbishop's Catholic Appeal each year now. So the the archdiocese too is financially strapped, mm-hmm. and we have had to we had to do some downsizing of our staff even during COVID. But we're we're still you know hand to mouth, and I know a lot of people are as well. And right. I don't mean to put the archdiocese uh, uh, above the, the financial struggles that so many people are having now. It's 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 just a difficult economic mm-hmm. time. So anyway. Those are those are the, the 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 very difficult factors that went into finally saying you know as, as sad as it is as hard as it is and as much as we know the sentinel means a lot to so many people uh, we just can't sustain it mm-hmm. anymore and so we we in, in, entrust its its history to history and and celebrate that with great joy and gratitude uh, to Ed Langlois and his staff and all those who've gone before him um, as we look to the future for finding new ways to communicate the good news. Right. Absolutely. And I know this isn't an an isolated event. We've seen this across the country and literally around the globe in terms of just how how newspapers, whether they're secular, whether religious oriented, they're going to digital media. They're they're changing because of that idea of cost. Yes. Well, you know, I mean, uh, the New York, (laughs) the Archdiocese of New York, it just had to discontinue their print paper. Uh, and it's been it's been a trend for years and years mm-hmm. and years. We're kind of one of the quite honestly, we're kind of one of the last holdouts right. uh, in this trend. But print media just is is no longer sustainable in in the culture today, largely because people turn to other sources for information and for media, electronic means, digital means, uh, the internet. So, in other words. In the old days, you know, when I was growing up, I, I, and I was thinking I, I grew up, and some people don't realize that, I grew up in, of all places, Las Vegas, Nevada. We had two newspapers mm-hmm. in, in Las Vegas, and each paper was doing great financially because everybody subscribed to yeah. one or both of the papers. And so through the, the subscriptions to the paper and through advertising, right. it was able to sustain that because that's how everybody got their information mm-hmm. and news. Now people have other means to get their news, and so they no longer subscribe to print media. And print media is very expensive uh, to produce. Yeah. And for uh, such a, a, a shrinking audience, too, of people who even pick up the Sentinel in the mm-hmm. back of the church. And we, we keep track of those numbers of how many, you know— actually get picked up and how many are left behind you know it just it's just not sustainable as much as it means to people but yeah so it is a trend even the uh, the US bishops mm-hmm. uh had to shut down what we call CNS Catholic News Service Catholic News Service was the news service of the bishops conference and they did a lot of the stories that you would see in the sentinel right so a lot of the stories that are national or international would be direct uh, feeds or, or stories that we would take from Catholic News Service. Well, the bishops have sh- have also made the difficult decision to have to shut down mm-hmm. Catholic News Service. So even this this news service for the bishops in the United States has had to to to, to be shut down. Now, our Sunday visitor has, has picked that up in a sense and is going to do something with that. We don't know quite what that mm-hmm. looks like yet. So yeah, this is a trend. It's 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 just the way it is. But I I like what you said earlier at the very beginning. You know, the church is commissioned by Jesus to proclaim the gospel. This is our heart. This is the heart of our mission. The heart of our mission is evangelization. Jesus said, go, make disciples, uh, you know, baptize them. So, so the mission of the church is to spread the good news, to tell the gospel story, to, to share a Christ with the world. That's evangelization. Yes, media and, and news media can certainly help do that. Um, but, you know, the church wasn't commissioned just to tell news. Right. <laughs> the church 
was commissioned mm-hmm. to spread the gospel. So what we have to do as the archdiocese is take those very limited and quite honestly shrinking resources and direct them in a way that most helps build up the faith lives of our people and bring others uh, to, to life in Christ. And the church has done this in different ways throughout history. As you pointed out, in the early days of the church, you know, I don't think uh, a lot of people realize that long before the Gospels were even written mm-hmm. down, they were being transmitted by word of mouth, right. by the proclamation, by the preaching of the apostles and or, or the early disciples of the church. It was only later that the Gospel stories were put into print and the letters of St. Paul uh, were part of the, the formation of the New Testament. So the written word in terms of the New Covenant, the New Testament, you know, came after the church had been around actually for a long time. And the church throughout the ages has used different means. Quite honestly, you know, there was printing before the printing press was, was developed. You know, people didn't even have written. Mm-hmm. It was all communicated through preaching, through catechesis, through evangelization, by mouth. And that's why so many of the churches, too, were so beautified because the churches were meant to catechize the faithful through the windows, the statuary, the artwork, etc. You know, so then the, the printing press came along, and so now we can disseminate uh, information in the faith in a new way, in the, in, the, in the printed word. Of course, then came radio, as we're on now, mm-hmm. and, and television, and film, and now we have all sorts of digital means of communication. I mean, the Internet uh, has just exploded uh, this whole world. So the church has always learned to adapt to the different and changing times of how people receive information. And we need to be, we need to dedicate our limited resources to those places where we can be most effective in, in, in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Right. And it just reminds me, you hear the old adage, you know, when there's a door that closes, a window opens up. And so let's look at where are the opportunities to really bring our Catholic community together more, to unify throughout our parishes, in our archdiocese, in the local church. And we should be the ones who share our story. We really should be the ones who know the story, who can really retell that story. And part of that is, how do I live my life? Do I live my life loving Christ with joy, uh, with that peace, in the midst of the difficulties that we're going to continue to be persecuted with, Archbishop, you know, uh, in the time that we have. But just your hopes to really invite, I think, all of us to be part of this sharing of the good news that's what we're called to be right. as you know, and baptized I, I think, Christians. Yeah, I think that one of the saddest uh, things about uh, the discontinuation of the Sentinel is I know that there is a certain generation who maybe are not as, as tech-savvy, so mm-hmm. to speak, as, as many of us, and who maybe don't uh, read, readily and easily access information digitally, whether that's on the Internet or other forms of digital communication over our you know, smart devices. And, and those are the folks that I, that I feel most sorry uh, about because I, I think of my mother, God right. rest her soul. She passed away o- over four and a half years ago now, but my mother could not have sent an email literally if her life depended on <laughs> right. it. She was so digitally, uh, you know, uh, un- unfamiliar. So she loved to, she looked, she looked forward mm-hmm. to the Sentinel herself and would read it. And back in Michigan, it was the UP Catholic. She would always look forward to that. And so there's a, certainly a generation that, that is going to really miss this uh, more so than others perhaps. But the, the up and coming younger generation seeks, you know, information in different ways. And they're in different uh, platforms for media. My, my, my biggest concern, quite honestly, with the discontinuation of the Sentinel 
is the local story. Mm-hmm. How are we going to continue to tell the local story, the story of our local church in the Archdiocese of Portland? Because that is very important. It's very important for us to hear how the faith is being lived and experienced in real the real lives of people locally, whether that be in parish level schools mm-hmm. or other institutions, in families, individuals who are who are those are the inspiring stories that that I don't want to see disappear. So we're 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 gonna have to find ways to continue to tell the local story. But it's gonna be disseminated in new ways. I mean, I'm you know developing um you know, a YouTube ch- YouTube channel with the help of, of uh, a couple of our staff here, the evangelization strategists. So, you know, we're, we're going to have to beef up. And we already have our, our digital communications. We have, you know, a way that we and, – and what I would hope is that uh, at, at a point everybody in the archdiocese would want to be on the archdiocesan mailing list, emailing list, so that – because we regularly send out – digital communications on what's going on in the local church, what's going on in the Archdiocese of Portland, statements, uh, our news, you know, so so that needs to be beefed up. Uh, so that with uh, my YouTube channel, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, uh, both my personal account and also the Archdiocesan account. We have our Archdiocesan website, you know, which contains a lot of information as, as well. But we're going to have to beef those things mm-hmm. up so that uh, I'm not worried, quite honestly, about people not being able to get national, international news uh, in the Catholic world. There are myriads Mm -hmm. of reliable uh, sources for that information. It's the local story that that, that we have to be responsible for uh, in in, in telling that local story. So we're we're in in regular uh, discussion about how to beef that up Mm -hmm. uh, as we move forward. But there's a lot of it, you know, as you say, you know, there's actually some excitement Mm-hmm. Uh, and and energy in, in going forward because now we can dedicate limited resources in a very concentrated way to be most effective. And let's face it, we have got to reach uh, families, especially and the younger generation. You know, uh, the 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 church, uh, the future of the church, really is is in the hands largely now. I mean, and I'm getting to that point now. I mean, I. You know, I used to think of myself as a, as a young bishop. I'm not a young bishop anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm 61 years old, and I'm I'm a generation that's that's uh, you know you know going to pass before too long. The future of the church is in the hands of these families and these young families and these young uh, adults, young Catholic adults, and even younger. You know, we have to we have to really uh, target our communication our evangelizing efforts toward those uh, uh, groups especially. Not to forget about and not to leave Mm -hmm. aside the great people of an older generation, including my own, who are also need to be nourished and fed and uh, helped in in the knowledge and and the the, uh, developing of their own faith. They're wonderful folks, and and we can't forget about them. And quite honestly, you know, they're the ones that, that have helped financially sustain the church over over decades and decades, you know. And uh, so I, I, I don't in any way mean to be dismissive or unconcerned or, or insensitive to the needs of those people who maybe don't quite as readily adapt to more contemporary modes of communication. Um, and that's, like I said, that's, that's who I feel most bad about. And, you know, we did look at ways to try to continue some sort of print 
media uh, for folks, but uh, it just it's so cost prohibitive. Yeah, you know that's that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, so we uh, uh, we're going to continue to to try to reach as many people as we can, both of an older and a and a younger generation, mm-hmm. with these new means of of communication to make sure that they feel in the loop. I want to build that sense of unity mm-hmm. and communion among us. Uh, and that that largely happens through communicating a, a, a common message. And the common message is not my message; it's it's Christ's message. Yeah. It's what Jesus wants to speak to His people, and what the church speaks to the world today. Right. And it's that zeal. It starts in the home in the domestic church, as we've talked about before. The first instructors, educators, tellers of the story comes at home, but then in that parish life, in that school, in uh, those Sunday gatherings, I think for multi-generations, could this be an opportunity? We're recording on the Feast of Joachim and Anne, you know, the grandparents of Jesus, to really bring grandparents, grandchildren, their parents together to, to talk about you know, what's most important in life. And as we keep getting bombarded with the most essential issues of life, of marriage, of, of humanity, we really need to have the Catholic message. And I think our local churches are going to be a beacon of light. And that's where we can put a lot of our energy. I think sometimes we, and I, and I fall into this trap myself thinking, well, the big, the big media things, that's what's right. really going to make a difference and an impact. You know, even I, I, I mentioned my YouTube channel where the, a lot of these videos I'm doing are appearing. I mean, they're great. And I'm getting a lot of very positive feedback on those things. But that's not the, that's not the silver bullet. That's not the mm-hmm. panacea. That's not the solution to deepening the faith lives of our people in parishes and in families. It's going to be much more personal than that. But these means of communication are there to assist and to help, uh, not to replace what needs to happen in the family, in parish religious education and adult education programs, in our schools, at the Sunday liturgy, uh, you know, and, and especially in the proclamation of the Word of God and the preaching. Um, you know, it's personal. It has to be very personal. So um, these these media things that are, yeah, we they're they're nice. We enjoy them. They're great. But they're 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 not the the answer in the world today. We need to reach people on a very personal and deep level, and empower them and 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 and, and equip them to share the faith in 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 family and among friends. To be to be evangelizers, you're going to hear a lot more about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I we're, we're in the contemplating now a whole new way of uh, encouraging evangelization in the archdiocese through small groups encouraging small groups uh, to to gather to share uh, the good news and the faith of Christ. Right. And again, in this time where we've been talking in small groups, we've had these dialogues together. We've had this communication. How is the Holy Spirit working? We're seeing a time of the media is changing. The way we communicate is changing. But what doesn't change is heart-to-heart personal contact. And I think that's what makes Christians Christians is we have personal relationships particularly with our Lord and our Savior, but also we, we've, we foster those relationships with one another with love, and I think that's what we have to really take advantage exactly. of. Exactly. We, we went through this whole synodal process and then the small groups that we had in various parishes, and we have the final synodal report is completed. Uh, it's been sent off. Uh, we'll be sharing that publicly. Uh, so I know there was some some, <laughs> some cynicism that we weren't going to share you know, exactly what was heard, and, and I, I've approved the final report, and uh, it's very reflective accurately reflective of what was heard. And one of the things we heard, first and foremost, love for the Eucharist, love Mm -hmm. for the sacramental life of the church, but also very high on the list of what nourishes people and gives them life in the church is that sense of belonging, Mm -hmm. the sense of fellowship, 
sense of communion with our brothers and sisters in Christ, that sense of community. This is where this is where evangelization happens. It it doesn't happen over YouTube. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen over Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or I don't know. I can't keep up. <laughs> right. uh, uh, it it happens on a very personal level. We can never lose that personal touch, uh, and I think that's where we need to to really focus a lot of our energy and time now. Right, and I think as you're talking, Archbishop, about the need to to pass our faith along to the new generation, the next generation, we're we're praying for their talents, for their gifts to really respond to the Holy Spirit and to be filled with that that zeal so they will be evangelizers for their faith. Well, I'm 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 never cease to be pleasantly amazed and 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 yeah. joy overjoyed when I see so many young Catholics now who are stepping into this world actually. Mm-hmm, I can mm-hmm. think I can think of two young individuals right now, two young individuals just not long out of college who have completely dedicated themselves to the telling of our story, the faith, through, through media, mm-hmm. through Catholic media, in, in two different capacities altogether. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so exciting, you know, to, to, to be able to, to see that. And you're right, you know, it's, it's young people too. I hope more and more young people will step forward with a career uh, in, the, in the area of communications to help us, to help us tell the story again, as as Jesus would want us to do, as Saint Paul would want us to do. Yeah. You know, Saint Paul used his letters, but most of what he did was on foot and by word of mouth. <laughs> the letters that he writes to the churches he established are are just a small part of his work of spreading the good news. It was very personal for Saint Paul as well as he as he spread the gospel, and that's that's what I think we really need to focus on is that personal witness, mm-hmm. the personal evangelization. But we have to equip those people mm-hmm. and inform those people, form them, encourage them, inspire them, teach them um, so that they are, they are well-equipped in their knowledge of the faith uh, in order to be able to, to share it with others. Absolutely. And we'll continue to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit, for the direction and the guidance of the Holy Spirit as we continue to move yeah, through I, this particular <clears throat> age. And I just one, just one final word of, again, great thanks and gratitude to Ed Langlois, the, the editor of the Catholic Sentinel, his wonderful staff who are so dedicated, and for all those that have gone uh, before them for 152 years. uh, Wow, what a legacy uh, to be proud of and to celebrate uh, even as we we have to say goodbye. Um, Their contribution will will never be forgotten and will have a lasting impact really into eternity. That's right. So grateful for that. And with that, Archbishop, would you please help us close with your blessing? And the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through matradayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.